Good morning. It's good to be with you in these weird in-between Sundays. Uh, I already had people say to me, you know, we miss Stefan, but we're glad you're here, which I appreciate. That's how I feel. Same. He actually texted me last night and said, take good care of them. I said, I'll do my best. Friends, this morning we're going to look at a part of the Sermon on the Mount. This is Jesus' kind of syllabus for his his work among the people. This is page 1381 in your pew Bibles. It'll also be on the screen. We're looking at this section about worry. Hear the word of the Lord from Matthew 6, beginning to read at verse 25. Jesus says this, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, What you will wear is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. This is the word of the Lord. A graduating senior came to me several years ago, and she wanted to talk about her future. She'd been accepted into an intense and rewarding graduate program that would lead to an intense and rewarding career, and she wanted to talk with me about how to balance uh, the intense professional things she was going to do with a relationship, and then hopefully eventually marriage, and hopefully eventually kids, and she wanted to just talk about these things. And I said, that's great. It's important to think through these things. So I said, tell me about the person that you're dating. And she looked at me with surprise, and she said, oh, I'm not dating anyone. And that's when I was like, oh. She was worried about work-life balance before she had either work or a life. (laughs) And we can... We can chuckle at this, but the truth of the matter is we do the same thing. A baby is born and we worry how we're going to pay for college. Your child starts to ride a bicycle, you worry what's going to happen when they learn to drive a car. You turn 30, you start worrying about retirement. You retire, you start worrying about assisted living. We look ahead to the next thing and we worry And this is a common problem throughout human history. The reason Jesus had to say these words in the Sermon on the Mount is because people worry. 
This wasn't a surprise to him. He's looking out on the hillside at this wonderful group of people, and he knows that they're worried. He knows Hannah is worried about a grandson who hasn't yet learned how to walk. And Jacob is worried that his crops are not getting enough rain. Leah wonders how their family is going to pay the taxes. Reuben's worried, is he ever going to get married? He's looking out on the hillside of these people, and he knows that they worry. He knows that we worry. And we do. Some of us are waiting for the biopsy results. Some of us are worried about aging parents. Some of us are starting a new school. Some of us have children who are starting a new school. Some of us have a child or a grandchild who's wandered away from faith. And we worry. We worry. We're pretty sure that if we are awake at 3 in the morning and think through every possible scenario, if we work through what could happen and every possible thing, we could actually kind of encourage the good stuff and discourage the bad stuff. If we just stay awake a little bit longer in the middle of the night, we will be fully prepared for whatever happens. If we just worry a little bit more, surely then we'll be ready. We worry. And that's why we need to lean in to what Jesus said to these people all these years ago. He says to them, don't worry about what you're going to eat or drink or wear. For the pagans run after all these things. And this is what he says. Your heavenly Father knows what you need. Your heavenly Father knows what you need. Now the people on the hillside gathered together that day were most likely Jews. And so when Jesus said the words, Heavenly Father, that would have clicked for them. They would have understood that he's talking there, not about earthly fathers with whom our relationships can be complicated, but about the biblical representation of God as Father. They would have known that Moses talked about God carrying the people out of Egypt the way a father carries a son. They would have known from Psalm 103 that it says, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. And they would have known that many, many, many times in the Old Testament, God is described as a father to the fatherless, a defender of orphans and widows. They would have known what it meant to say your heavenly Father knows what you need. And the best object lesson the people of Israel had ever received about this was when they were in the wilderness for 40 years and they ran out of food. And God said, here's what's going to happen. Tomorrow morning there's going to be this stuff on the ground. You're not going to know what it is. That's why you're going to call it manna, which means we don't know what this is. And you're going to go out every day, and there's going to be just enough for that day. And what happened if the people tried to hoard it and save enough, like, for the week? What happened to their stuff? It got gross. 
That's exactly right. It spoiled, it got wormy, it got moldy. The only day that they could collect enough for two days was on the eve of Sabbath, so that on Sabbath they could rest. For 40 years, they had to trust that their heavenly Father would give them what they needed when they needed it. Give us this day our daily bread. And so when Jesus talks to these people gathered on the hillside and his heart is full of love for them and compassion because he knows that they worry, he points them to someone they know. He says, your heavenly Father knows what you need. And that's such a good mantra for people who worry. Many of you who are here know my husband, Drew, and with his permission, I tell this story. Uh, Drew likes to do adventure races. And these are like 10-hour, 12-hour, 14-hour races in which he goes uh, mountain biking and kayaking and orienteering. He goes through, I know, I know, I see your faces, I understand. Uh, He goes through the woods looking for all these checkpoints. He's got a map, he tries to figure out how to get to the checkpoints, and whoever gets the most checkpoints in the time limit wins. So at the beginning of his race season, his first race was on the other side of the state. And I had my phone close to me all day because those of you who know Drew also know he has given me reason to worry. (laughs) You have seen him in this church on a scooter. You have seen him in this church with his arm in a sling because he broke his collarbone. You you understand the reality I live in. And so that, that first Saturday as he's doing his race on the other side of this state, I've got my phone close to me and I'm worried. And I'm thinking, okay, something happens the other side of the state. He's kind of in the middle of nowhere. What's the closest hospital to that place? I don't know what that is. And if I had to drive there and, like, stay overnight, then who's going to take care of the dog? And how would we make this all work? And, I, uh, and that's where I am. That's why I'm like. And then this phrase came to me because I had been spending some time in this text. Your heavenly Father knows what you need. And I thought, oh, yeah, okay. He knows what I need. He knows what Drew needs. And so my prayers changed. I said, Lord, you know what he needs right now. Maybe he needs to find uh, another water station. Maybe he needs the joy of finding another checkpoint or working with someone else for a minute. Maybe he needs a little break. Maybe he needs to eat more food. Maybe he needs this, but provide him exactly what he needs. And for me, Lord, you know that I need peace of mind and I need to surrender this whole day to you. Your heavenly Father knows what you need. Who of you, by worrying, can prevent your husband from crashing on his mountain bike? (laughs) Who of you, by worrying, can get that child back into church? Who of you, by worrying, can predict how your life will unfold? Your heavenly Father knows what you need. And how many of us can't give testimony to exactly that? The check comes just when we need it. We run into exactly the person that we need to speak to. We hire someone and the person turns out to be above and beyond what we had imagined. Your heavenly Father knows what you need. And this is why Jesus can go on to say, your heavenly Father knows what you need, so... Seek first the kingdom of God. And now this sounds like those churchy words that we say, you know, like, 
throne of grace and mercy and these words that were like we don't really use that outside of church seek first the kingdom of god oh great don't really know what that means but the idea of seeking first the kingdom of god is seeking paying attention to looking for discovering what god is up to today where is god working right now what is he up to now when I'm working with a student who's dealing with some anxiety or depression, I always make sure that they're getting uh, other help as they need it, therapy or medication or things like that. But I'll say to them, here's what I'm going to invite us to do for the next two weeks, you and me together. We're going to do this. Every night before we go to sleep, we're going to write down three specific things we're thankful for. Three specific things, not like family and friends, but like today was Wednesday, and I forgot it was Wednesday, but Wednesday's our grilled cheese and tomato soup day in the dining hall, and I was grateful. Today, I'm grateful because our coach didn't make us run wind sprints because we won yesterday. Today, I'm grateful that my roommate saved me a piece of dessert because she knew I would be late to the dining hall. And what the students realize is that over the two weeks of doing this drill and then coming in and reporting to me is that their perspective shifts. They begin to anticipate that God is going to show up in their day. They begin to anticipate that there will be things in every day for which they can be grateful. It changes their perspective. And instead of getting wallowed down in all that isn't happening, they subtly and gently begin to turn to what God is up to, what is happening, where is the good, how do we seek the kingdom of God? How do we pay attention to what God is up to today? This is what we get to do as followers of Jesus Christ. We get to seek the kingdom. We get to pay attention attention. Instead of trying to control everything and manage everything and stay up at three in the morning trying to solve every problem, we release it. We say, Heavenly Father, you know what I need. Help me to pay attention to you today. Help me to seek what you're up to today. And we know that if something happens, he will provide what we need. We've seen that in our community. Someone has a crisis and other people show up and they take us to the hospital or they mow our lawn or they bring us food or they walk our dog. This is what we do for each other. This is how our Heavenly Father shows us that he meets our needs. So you and I together get to Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, knowing that all of these things will be given to us as well. Amen. Will you pray with me? Our Heavenly Father, we are so grateful that you know what we need. We're so grateful for the testimonies in Scripture about your provision of food and water in the wilderness. We're so grateful for the testimonies that we have of your provision of friends 
medication, jobs, healing. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you give us the eyes to seek the kingdom of God, that we will shift from worry to gratitude, from control to surrender. Thank you, Jesus, that you know what we need and you love us. In your name we pray, amen.